You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators, and this is The Food Code. Happy Friday. Yes. I love Fridays. Love Friday fires. Friday fires. Particularly this one. I really do that every week. <laughs> I think I have like a sick love for tough love. And I've talked about it. Like I've grown up with tough love my whole yeah. life. And I think that it was the best thing that I've ever had in my life in terms of making me grow as a human, um, getting results in our business, in yep. my physical you know, body composition in all aspects, in, in yeah. sports, in all aspects of life. Um, and I think, unfortunately, in today's world, we are too nice. Yeah. Or we're just like v- very extreme, right? Mm-hmm. Like we are um, all for like super, super restriction and you can't eat anything that you enjoy yeah. and you have to sacrifice everything. Or we are for intuitive eating and just eat how you feel. And that turns into very low quality of foods yeah. and incorporating, you know, wine or cupcakes or sweets when when not done correctly correct so today we are talking about what are you willing to sacrifice and this Mm -hmm. is a a tough question and this is something that you really have to evaluate especially starting out on any journey whether Mm -hmm. your journey is about weight loss whether it is about toning or building muscle or it's a gut health protocol or a healing protocol because you know we've gotten to a place where unfortunately the foods that we are consuming and our lifestyle choices and behaviors have led us to you know pre-type 2 diabetes, high cholesterol, like there's a lot of different things, you know, that we look at, but when we go into a healing protocol and we really dial in, you have to be willing to sacrifice things because what got you here today isn't going to get you where you want to be. Yeah. And I think it's having that honest conversation with yourself of like, how hard are you trying? And what are you already doing? Because, you know, if you're starting in a place where you've never tracked calories, you're eating a bunch of poor quality foods, you're not really exercising, you'll probably have pretty significant results starting to do a little bit of that. But if you were coming from a place where you are already under eating, exercising adequately, um, drinking water, like you're going to have to fight a little bit harder to see results. And also we need to talk a, a huge part about like expectations being in line with realities. A lot of people want physical change. They want to lose weight. They want to improve body composition. They want all of these things. But then when it comes down to doing the work, we're like, well, so I never, I, I, I can't go out to eat very much. I can't have alcohol ever. I can't like, yeah, sometimes those are the things that you have to sacrifice to get those physical results and then reintroduce them in a smart way to where you can have that balance. But you can't just go back to your old habits once you've seen physical change and expect for it to stick. Like there has to be a sacrifice. And so we have a lot of questions for you guys today. Like, do you want balance in your life? Okay, well, you probably won't have as fast of physical progress then. Or you may not see much physical change at all. A lot of times that balance comes after a period of restriction to see results, to be totally honest. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know that I love the term restriction, but getting really strict and getting really dialed in, right? Mm -hmm. Like you are, you know, purposely 
eating certain amount of calories, a certain amount of, you know, protein, carbs, and fats. And we don't have much wiggle room with the types of foods that we're consuming because your body is not going to utilize McDonald's the same way that it's going to utilize one ingredient whole foods. And so in certain periods of time, if your goal is truly to lose fat loss or is fat loss and to lose fat, then you need to be willing to make those sacrifices. Like we're not having a little something, something every night after dinner. We're not having, you know, wine two to three times a week. We're not going out to eat that much. Sure. Maybe we can fit it in once, maybe twice a week. And we're still making good choices when we Mm -hmm. do go out to eat lean protein sources, vegetables, a good starch, right? We're not ordering the pizza and the burger and the wings and fries and all of those things as our cheat meal, right? Because for most people that turns into a big spiral. Um, It it doesn't align with your goals in that season. We talk a lot about seasons of dieting and there's maintenance seasons and there's fat loss phases. And when we're in a fat loss phase, that's the time that we say no more often. And we have to make sacrifices because in this time we've decided and we have communicated to our coach or to our friends or accountability group, whoever you've communicated to, that your goal is to lose weight, then we've got to change things. And we can't lose weight, you know, in a long-term sustainable way, incorporating these fun foods frequently in cut phases. Yeah, absolutely. Like Liz was saying, you those things are for maintenance. Mm-hmm. Like you can absolutely maintain a healthy weight once you've gotten there by enjoying those things on a regular basis. Like, you know, I've been through cut phases, many of them in my life. And right now I'm in more of a maintenance phase. Like we're high stress with work. It's not something I really want to put my effort into right now. So yeah, I do enjoy wine once or twice a week, like a glass or two. I enjoy a Hershey kiss or something after dinner. Most nights, like I enjoy a meal out once a week if I want. That allows me to maintain my weight. If I wanted to lose weight right now, I would not include those things, Mm -hmm. even though that is, I think, in my opinion, like a pretty healthy balance um, because the majority of my food is homemade, whole unprocessed. Like I'm cooking nearly all of my meals. For me, that is a balance. For some people, that might instill weight loss initially. Like maybe that is much more restriction than they're used to. And so we all have to evaluate where we are currently and what maybe, you know, is too much of balance for what you want to accomplish and what's just right. Like during a cut phase, I would maybe have one glass of wine once every like three to four weeks. That was, and I would include it in my calories. Like I would include it in tracking and account for it that day. If I wanted, you know, ice cream, to be totally honest, in a cut phase, it was probably Halo Top and I would weigh out and measure that ice cream. Like that is the dedication that personally I've found I need to lose weight. Some people, their bodies just respond a little bit easier. I know that my body is a little bit more stubborn. I put it through a lot. It has the right to be stubborn towards me. And so I know that those things have to be in place. I have to be a little bit more restrictive and tight with what I'm choosing because otherwise I just won't see results. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's the same thing when I went through my gut healing protocols, right? Like I can't just 80-20 a gut healing protocol. You're not going to be effective that way. If you're going through an anti-inflammatory phase and you're removing foods and then, you know, really working on healing the gut and working on good diet digestion, no bloating, no gas, making sure you're going to the bathroom every day. You are, you know, feeling the changes physically as far as like your joints and, you know, the aches and the pains that at least I was having when I went Mm -hmm. through those, you know, times I had to be really strict and there was no wiggle room in that 30 days. And even coming out of it, when I was reintroducing foods, it was one at a time every three to four days. It wasn't 30 days, you know, the whole 30, like we've talked about before. And then you go 
ham on the weekend with, you know, pizza and wine and all these things that are very pro-inflammatory because you finish the diet, right? I was going through a gut healing protocol because that's what I needed to do for my autoimmune conditions. And in seasons of your life, if health is at the forefront, you're going to have to, you know, remember that the reason why you're doing this is not about the scale. It's not about, you know, performance in the gym. It's literally all about your longevity and giving your body the right nutrients, the right nourishment that it needs and calming down some of that chronic inflammation. And so, you know, we talk a lot about the different tools that we have in our toolbox. No one of our clients does the same thing. We work on, you know, a variety of things and we start in different places for each one of them because some people have no idea how to track in my fitness pal. They don't know the difference between, you know, avocado and, you know, chicken as a protein source because they think that, you know, avocado, while it is healthy fat, yes, it does have some protein or nut butters. That's a great example. A lot of people think, you know, nut butters is protein. Well, it's mostly fat with a little bit of protein. And so you have to learn, you know, what is in food. And that's why we utilize tracking in some seasons for our clients. But if you're in a cut phase, an intentional cut phase where we are intentionally removing nutrients from the body to inflict a calorie deficit to see fat loss, you're going to have to be pretty strict and you're going to have to, you know, diligently track. And within that comes weighing out most yeah. of your foods, right? Yeah. Weighing and measuring things because one cup of chicken breast is going to be totally different from a macro level than if you were to weigh out four to five ounces of a chicken mm-hmm. breast. Totally. Like do if you want significant weight loss, if you want significant physical change, like Liz was saying, be ready to be pretty strict with things. Like we want to give a shout out to some of our clients. All of our clients are amazing. And let me first say that like all of our clients are in very different phases of what we're working on. But some of our clients that are seeing the best results currently are people that we're intentionally in a cut phase with or cycling within a cut phase. And they are diligently tracking intake in terms of like every day, every meal, everything they eat, they are tracking and they are hitting the intake levels that we have recommended for them. So they're not only tracking everything, they're like within, you know, 50 to 100 calories every day of where they need to be and the right balance of foods. They don't skip workouts or movement. They lift heavy. They lift heavy. They don't eat out a ton during this phase because they know that when we eat out, We just can't have full control over the foods we consume. And so it in turn impacts the efforts we're putting forth for that weight loss. And if we do eat out, we make the best choices possible. Like when I have been in cut phases and I go out to eat, I get like a side of broccoli instead of the French fries or a side salad. I get, you know, grilled chicken. I ask for all of the things on the side so that I have control over what I'm putting on them. And is that annoying? Yeah, it's kind of annoying. But in that phase of life, that is my choice. And I know that it is ultimately going to get me to a place where I can then have more balance. This is temporary, guys. Like, do yes, I think as a whole, healthier choices long-term is what help us, us sustain things. But we don't need to eat plain chicken breast and plain lettuce with like a dash of dressing on it at every time we go out to eat. That's not what we ultimately want for your life. And so understanding though that when you are in this phase, those things make an impact. And The last thing, like these people, for the most part, we've worked a lot already on their relationship with food, their relationship with their bodies. And that's something that we diligently make sure is in a good place prior to going to a cut. Because otherwise, it's just going to do further damage. You're not going to be doing it for the right reasons. And so we make sure all of those things are in place. And like our client, Bridget, is doing amazing. She's dropped weight. And like she was dropping weight, just being consistent, eating enough. And now we're in a cut phase. She's dropping more weight. Shelly's been amazing. She's been tracking so much. Lori's been doing amazing. Like we have so many good clients right now. All of our clients are good. But so many people that are in this certain phase that are like, 
putting it to it. Yeah. Well, and like in the case of, you know, Bridget and Lori, they both came to us. I, I, you know, chatted with them. They have thyroid issues, both of them, um, under eating for a long, long time and, you know, toying with the same three, four pounds on the scale. And that would ultimately lead to like, forget it on the weekends or, you know, they didn't really understand food and how food was impacting their digestion and how they were feeling and inflammation. Like, you know, when we look at Bridget, for example, we reversed her up the same way that we did with Lori, Bridget lost weight, reversing up and just Mm -hmm. getting consistent at that higher calorie intake, primarily because we lost inches too, because of that, you know, reduction in stress on her body, because ultimately a calorie deficit is a stressor to the body. It impacts hormones. We've talked about this many times, but one of the major things that it impacts is your thyroid. And if you already have a thyroid condition going into that extreme 12, 1400 calorie intake, that's a huge deficit and it's going to create a lot of stress on your body and you're probably not going to respond too well because again, your body is a survival mechanism. And so Bridget was open to trusting the process the same way that, you know, Lori was. And so we reversed them up. We got really, really consistent, both of them close to like the 2000 calorie range, not totally there, but we started incorporating different stimulus with training, with walking, with different movement. Now both of them are, you know, doing the strong you program, lifting heavier. Lori's got access to a gym. And so when we went into a cut phase, that consistency was already there that when we remove the calories, now they're dropping weight and they're dropping fat. But here's the kicker. They continue to be extremely consistent in cut mm-hmm. phases and in maintenance phases. Mm-hmm. In maintenance phases, we just get to include a couple more white claws or, <laughs> you know, a glass of champagne or, you know, whatever it is. Each of them have their own vices, but they've also learned a tremendous amount about how certain foods impact them. And they're just drawing the line in the sand and saying, you know, no, not right now, because I just know how it makes me feel. And this is really hard to do. It's hard to do without support. It's hard to do without guidance around like, why are things happening? Maybe why have I stalled out for both individuals that were, you know, kind of talking about and, and Shelly came to us in a totally different spot because yeah. she was, you know, coming out of keto. We, we got her, you know, balanced and now we're able to, you know, fuel her workout. So she's getting stronger and, you know, giving her some refeed days and and the cut phase and things. But in all three scenarios here, every single one of them, like when I review their food logs, if they have committed to a cut phase, their food quality is immaculate. They're focusing Mm -hmm. on one ingredient, whole foods, any processed foods that they do have, such as like Greek yogurt or cottage cheese or protein bars, really high quality. Mm -hmm. So that nutrient availability is available to their body to utilize rather than a hundred calorie pack the way that I used to diet on Weight Watchers with no nutrients in it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I know it seems kind of strict, but it's a temporary period. It's a temporary phase. And that's how we have to look at it. And also like we can't just want something but not be willing to work for it. Mm-hmm. It's And I think a lot of times, unfortunately, diet culture and social media make it seem very easy to attain astounding results. It takes hard work. Like I I, I talked a little bit about my story on past podcasts, but like when I was my leanest, my strongest, like I was very strict. I, I was very rarely eating out. I was counting all of my calories. I was weighing and measuring everything. I'll be honest, like I did not have the healthiest relationship with food, but purely physical results, that is when I got them. And so if I were to now do this, you know, in another light, if you want to significantly change body composition, you have to lift heavy. 
you have like a lot of people want this like toned lightly muscular look that a lot of women search for that we think we're going to get with like yoga and stuff you got to lift heavy guys you got to do resistance training not many people are going to develop a ton of muscle purely with body weight movements and the people that do appear that way probably have some genetic stuff on their side but at the end of the day like when i was my leanest i was lifting the heaviest i was training quite frequently I was very very on top of my food and I was eating quite a bit of food at that time like I was probably under eating for the amount of training I was doing but I was eating probably about 2300 calories or so and close to 300 grams of carbs a lot of those days because I was lifting heavy and because my body was utilizing that carbs those carbs for energy so there has to be all of the pieces to the puzzle we can only get so far with exercise and not focusing on nutrition we can only get so far with not exercising and only focusing on nutrition so for the whole package to be there we have to have it all together we have to and especially like if you're stalled out evaluate what are you doing You know, what aren't you doing? And are we pushing ourselves? Do we need to change up our workout routine? Do we need to be a little bit stricter with our food? Like, do we think that we're doing pretty good, but then, oh, I was stressed on Friday, so I had, you know, a a few of the mini candy bars. But like, that's not much. Well, it is much if, you know, you do that one or two or three times a week with different types of things, like a few handfuls here, a few handfuls there. That's enough to kind of pull you out of an actual calorie deficit on average and not really get the same results. And so... Although it is hard, it is very hard, the hard work is what gives us the results. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we can't half-ass this stuff and expect great results. Yeah. We just can't. We can't. And this is also why we look at where everyone is at you know, an individual level. What is your health history? What's your diet history? That plays a huge role. If you've been stalled out for a long time, part of the process might be reversing up and healing your body. You know, a lot of people that we talk to on the phone frequently, it's, it's sad because a lot of individuals and a lot of women are struggling with so much deep rooted issues, right? With so many of those deep rooted issues, whether it's related to hormones, whether it's related to digestion and gut health, we're not going to the bathroom daily, we're bloated or we're gassy or we're going two, three days and then we're dumping or we're relying on Miralax or, you know, other things like ladies and gentlemen listening to this, listen, that is not normal and that is not okay. It's super, super important that we have great gut health and we have good digestion. We're going to the bathroom every day because if we are not, we are recirculating hormones in the body. That can be dangerous. It can cause estrogen dominance. If we're not excreting, you know, cholesterol and sugars through the bowels the way that we should be through the detoxification process, which we just talked about on Wednesday, then you're at risk of developing, you know, insulin resistance or type two becoming pre-type two diabetes. Um, You could have high cholesterol. You could have high levels of triglycerides, you know, in the blood. That's fat circulating in the blood. That's very, very dangerous. Not only for you know your overall health because that ultimately can lead to a lot of health issues, cardiovascular risk, things like that. But it will literally stop you from losing weight if you don't take care of health first and focus on the quality of food and make sure that gut health is in a good place, that your liver is functioning properly, that we're you know not kind of overloading the liver with toxins and fat and carbohydrates because when it gets to that threshold and we see you know that we're kind of capped out with our fat storage as we talked about a few weeks ago in our live, it will literally start printing fat. Like Mm -hmm. the liver can do that when it gets overloaded. And so we often just look at calories in, calories out. What's the next supplement? Great story that I want to share from a conversation that we had today. One of our clients, she's a, um, a client that's out in California and she just joined a gym. 
I own a gym. Becca has, you know, worked in a gym for a long time. We also understand a lot about the supplement industry. So we got on our call today and she first starts telling us about some nutrition advice that she was given by a person who is, let's say, not certified in nutrition from what we know. Mm, The advice that she was given was not, it was less than, you know, it was probably subpar. Not my favorite. Less than subpar. So she says, okay, the other thing that they want me to do is they want me to drink three shakes a day. They want me to take BCAAs and a glutamine. A glutamine. Yep. Glutamine is mandatory. And I'm like, okay, well, BCAAs, unless you're vegan or vegetarian, don't need that. It's like not. One of the most useless supplement, supplements ever. Absolutely. Um, we don't want you eating all hours that you're awake. We like to have a 10 to 12 hour fasting window. So no, you don't need to be eating at 6 a.m. until 9.30 p.m. at night. And most importantly, they're trying to sell you all of these things because they're making money off of it. And so the cost that she was telling us about just two supplements they wanted to purchase were $107. And I was like, if you would like to take an L-glutamine supplement, which does have some benefits. Yeah, absolutely. We can give it to you through our practitioner account for like $17.99, right? Like if, and it's not mandatory because we're working on a lot of other things. Totally. Consistency. Consistency. Quality of food. Yeah. Exercising regularly. So like, you guys, I want you to think about level of importance here. Like Mm -hmm. what is probably most important to you and your health right now? Because a lot of us immediately are like, well, what's most important is I lose weight. I don't know if that's the true case for everyone. I would say for a lot of our clients, what is most important is healing their relationship with food and healing the mental side of what is correlated with food and how they relate to themselves around food, guilt, shame, frustration, anxiety, perfectionism, you know, kind of attributes, stuff like that. Those are much more important. The last thing you need to be doing is putting yourself in a cut and putting a ton of pressure on yourself to perform perfectly and then beating ourselves up when things don't go well because we already have a poor relationship with food. So I would say relationship with food is a big one that a lot of people need to understand. The other one that Liz has touched on quite a bit already is like, what is your gut health? What is your overall health with, you know, cholesterol levels, vitamin levels? Like what does our blood work look like and our overall health look like? Because if someone comes to me, they aren't going to the bathroom daily. They have bloating all the time. They have acid reflux. They have indigestion. They have IBS, stuff like that. No, losing weight is not your main priority. Your main priority is healing your gut because that is going to far greater ha- have a far greater impact on your weight loss long term than just a calorie deficit. And so we need to kind of put a level of importance on things because I get it, guys. Sometimes you just want to lose the weight. Like we're desperate. We want it off now. We don't feel comfortable in our skin. But for us to be able to accomplish that in a healthy, long-term, sustainable way, sometimes there are higher priorities that have to come first and are going to make the process a lot better long-term and healthier for you. And so although it's a hard conversation to have, sometimes we do have need to have it with ourselves of, well, what truly is the highest importance right now? Like, do I need to go through an elimination phase? Do I need to maybe start eating more because I've been undernourishing my body for a really long time and it's kind of starting to fight back? Like, do I have a horrible relationship with food and I'm terrified of eating a banana because of the sugar content that someone once told me? I can't have fruits. Like the same client Liz was just talking about, <laughs> one of their rules was there's no fruit allowed. You can't have any fruit. So anyone that ever tells me that... I- fruit is not okay. Unless you have a fructose intolerance or you are allergic to fruit, I'm going to battle that, okay? Because fruit is one of the best sources of fiber and nutrients on the planet, better than vegetables in most cases. So maybe we stick to berries, strawberries, blueberries, raspberries, but like that you need to remove all fruit if you're terrified of fruit. I need to address why that is the case before we say cut calories to 1,400 for the next three months. Like we need to address these things so that the cut 
is approached in a much better manner versus a place of a lot of times hate. Like there was a great analogy the other day on a podcast Liz and I listened to where he mentioned, imagine you have three people that, you know, need your help. Total stranger, someone you hate and someone you love. Which person are you probably going to help the best? Probably that person you love, right? You're not going to help the person you hate very much or in very well, you know, well-mannered, healthy ways. Imagine your body is that person. You don't know anything about that person. You're not going to be able to help them very well. You hate that person. You're definitely probably going to struggle to help that person very well. You're not going to treat them great. If you love that person, though, that person is probably going to be the person that you help from the best places, meaning from the best intentions. Like if I love my body, I'm going to want to help it because like, man, my body's been through a lot for me. I want to help that body feel its best and be able to perform for a really long time for me versus I hate my body. I hate how I feel. I hate my skin. I just need to starve myself because I deserve it because I hate my body so much. Mm-hmm. We have to think about those things. Like I know those are extreme, but I know a lot of people have thoughts like that. I used to have thoughts like yeah. that. And if you are thinking that way, as Becca mentioned earlier, we've got to approach that and tackle that first because you will literally think your way out of getting results. Okay. And, you know, kind of going back to, you know, all of the things that we've, we've touched on here, we have to get really strict and we have to understand that, you know, this journey is going to require sacrifice in one way, shape or form. And for some people, you are going to have to earn the right to diet before you get to that cut phase. And the whole premise of this is that when you get there, we have to be really consistent then, right? And we have to be really dialed in and we're going to have to say no to some things. But at the same time, we shouldn't be getting there with having to buy $200 of supplements each month, replace all of our meals with shakes and bars and, you know, think longevity, think longevity for your health, longevity for your weight loss goals and sustainability. No matter what you choose to do, you've got to think, how am I going to sustain this? What happens after the diet? So we kind of have three phases here, right? We've got to um, earn the right to diet. Then we get to (laughs) find health. Then we get to go into the cut phase. We've got to be willing to make some sacrifices there. And then we get to the diet after the diet. And that's where, you know, we've kind of taken the journey full circle. We now get to maintain. We get to incorporate more fun foods. We get to, you know, enjoy a glass of wine or two here and there, go out to eat a little bit more. That's the long term that you kind of need to think about when you go into any program, protocol, diet, meal plan, whatever it is, because we want to make sure that everyone out there that's listening is going to sustain the results and you know that your hard work that you're putting in today is going to be worth it because I'll be honest, I've done the 30 day quick fixes. I've done the meal plans. I've done the short term things and it was never worth it. I wasted a lot of time because not only did I start back at square one, I started back in a worse place at square one, right? I had either gained more weight back or I felt worse, you know, especially for those of you who have, you know, thyroid issues or autoimmune conditions, gut health issues, however you want to classify it there. If you do something short term and you're restrictive and you're only thinking about that 30 days or the, you know, the time period that you committed to, you're doing yourself a disservice because you're not going to to sustain it. And that's what we want to think about is that long-term sustainability, understand that health should always be at the forefront, no matter who you're working with. You got to optimize that first, but you're also going to have to make sacrifices. And pretty much you're going to have to make sacrifices in all of the phases Mm -hmm. because change is what is required for you to get to your goal and sustain it. Mm -hmm. That's all we got guys. 
Are you doing what you need to be doing? Do we need to adjust expectations? Do we need to reevaluate? So sometimes the reflection's hard. Um, sometimes it's a tough pill to swallow. But I think Liz and I have worked with enough women at this point. Um, we've experimented enough on our own at this point to know the large majority there needs to be sacrifices made. There needs to be changes made. And sometimes there just needs to be a reevaluation of what we're doing and what we really want from it. So hopefully this was the right pill for you to swallow today. Um, and it was helpful for you. And we will be back on Monday. Thank you all so much for being here. If you've enjoyed this podcast, the best thing that you could do for us as a gift to us would be to take a screenshot and share it on Instagram, tag us, share it on Facebook, whatever platform that you listen, or just tell a friend, invite a friend to listen to this podcast. Um, the more that you can kind of share with word of mouth, the more people that we can touch throughout the world. And leave us a five-star reading and review on iTunes as this helps us grow and reach others. So if you have any questions, feel free to shoot us a DM or an email and we will talk to you soon. Have a great day.